Well, good evening, everybody. If you would like to join me in the word, we will be in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we read. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your prophets and their ongoing ministry uh, to us of delivering your word. We pray that you would incline our ears now to listen to them and that we would be established in Christ Jesus through their message. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Tonight's passage reads, And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. There's a very famous sermon clip to be found floating around on the internet. It's practically a meme at this point, where a certain preachers addressing young people about the dangers of, uh, and deceitfulness of the culture around them gives a scathing assessment of the young people who go and live in the world uh, and join in the, the sinful culture around them and then appear before the Lord on Sunday as though they hadn't made a mockery of their profession of faith all throughout the week and the rebuke is met with great applause to which he responds, I do not know why you're clapping, I'm talking about you. Well, this may seem like a strange introduction for this passage, so I'll get to the point. Have you ever considered that this passage is talking to you? I know that we need to understand scripture in its context and let the context drive the meaning of the passage So we'll go ahead and do that very quickly here. Believe the Lord your God in the context of 2 Chronicles 20.20 means believe the Lord your God and believe his prophets means believe his prophets. I know that Jehoshaphat is leading Judah in battle against the Ammonites and the Moabites and that this is his way of leading them and encouraging them in overcoming this threat. If they... Trust in the Lord, they will have success and be established. But really, have you ever considered a passage like this is talking to you? I mean, it's Second Chronicles, like what could possibly have to do with me or you? <laughs> Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying um, rise early and go into the wilderness or anything like that. Maybe some of us need to rise a little earlier. I don't know. That's your business. But, uh, and this isn't a devotional about overcoming your terrible boss or your difficult marriage, your financial burdens, or the hard diagnosis from the doctor, like those things are a stand-in for the Ammonites or the Moabites. Uh, I'm not going to over-spiritualize this like so many bad David and Goliath stories. I'm going to spiritualize it just the right amount. 
What I am saying is that Jehoshaphat is giving sound counsel for all of God's people for all time. Do you want to live in full assurance that there is nothing that can destroy you and your eternal hope in Christ? You want to be established on the rock of solid ground? Believe the Lord your God. Believe his prophets. Listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. If you hear that, one of the many ways in which we perhaps get ourselves out from under the authority of the word of God is by over-contextualizing a passage like this. We understand what it means for Israel, but since it was for Israel, well, no need to make application for ourselves, I guess. So tonight, uh, instead of a more exegetical reading, we're just simply going to take this passage for what it is and exhortation from scripture to the Lord's people. And so, whatever else that means, it means that this passage is talking to you. So with that said, here's five reasons why you should listen to and believe the prophets, Samuel to John the Baptist, how and why their message can give you peace in a world of difficulty and chaos, how to be assured of being established in salvation. Number one is that they embody the Lord. Prophets aren't just wise sages or philosophers. They're not uh, men with an astute understanding of the social and political situation who see a little further down the road than everyone else. There aren't some busybody who tells you how much better you'd be if you were a little more like they think you should be. Now, the prophets are the mouthpiece of the Lord. They speak on his behalf to the people. They represent him and his word before the people in a similar way that the priests represent the people before the Lord. The relationship between the Lord and his word is so close that Jehoshaphat here equates them as being the same thing. Listening to the prophets, believing the prophets is the same as believing the Lord. And that means that the word they bring has all the implications of divinity behind them. The prophets speak perfectly on behalf of God as to what is pleasing and what is displeasing to him. They speak perfectly on his behalf as to how man is to be reconciled to him. And their message is eternally true at every place and every time. It's not just true for or about Israel, but it's true about you and me and everyone. And the remaining points of this devotional will be, in some ways, just an unpacking then of that divine authority and how the prophets speak both of the holiness of God and the heart of men with omniscient clarity. Number two is they expose. Prophets are masters at exposing sin, hypocrisy, and self-deception. They see right through all the excuses and rationalizations that you and I come up with for our sin. They tear the mask off of dry, rote formalism, which hides a lack of love for the Lord. 
They're not impressed with the contrivances you come up with to make it okay, your giving, your services, your faithful attendance on Sundays, no matter how pleased you may be with them. They expose the fact that while maybe you're fooling your fellow men, prone as we are to compare ourselves by each other, you're really only fooling yourself, and you're definitely not fooling God. The prophets have divine insight into the depths of depravity at work in our heart, and they faithfully reveal them to us. It'll do no good to pass over this work that they've done in the past with the thought that they're talking to Israel or Judah as though you were somehow a different sort of person. You're not as bad as that. You would you'd never bow down to idols, would you? You remember that this is exactly the rationality that caused Israel to ignore the prophets. How can that Isaiah be so judgmental, liken us to Sodom and Gomorrah? How dare, how dare that Jeremiah speak against the temple of the Lord and his fellow prophets? Let's, uh, let's get to the part where you tell us how pleased God is with us. You like that part. We're part of God's people. Why wouldn't he like us and desire to bless us? And so we must not excuse or rationalize our sin away for any reason. And certainly not because of Christ's atoning work, the Lord hated Israel's abuse of the sacrificial system that he graciously gave to them by using it as a license for sin. And so we must hear what the prophets have to say about our sin. It's awkward, it's uncomfortable, but expose yourself in the light of the words of the prophets and be assured that ridding ourselves of sin And living pleasing unto the Lord is what should concern us more than the earthly things that we tend to focus on. So listen to the prophets when they expose the sickness of your heart as closely as you would listen to them. Uh, Excuse me, as close as you would listen to the doctor who's exposed some deadly illness. Number three, the prophets explain where we have gone wrong. They don't only expose our sinfulness, but they will explain to us where we've gone wrong in our dealings with the Lord and with others. They'll explain to you that that the root of your problem with sin is that you've not been so careful to pay attention to the word of the Lord so that you might do it as you maybe have thought. You've Perhaps thought your own way better. Maybe you haven't considered what his word has to say about something at all. Maybe you just do what's right in your own eyes and assume that the Lord approves what you do. I'll explain that you make the mistake of thinking that the Lord was like you, that he has the same priorities as you do. That you don't contemplate the seriousness of his holiness or that the Lord is everywhere he sees everything and everything concerns him we forget that God is judge over all and to him we will one day give an account they explain to us that we do not fear 
believe or love the Lord as we ought to. We fear man and we fear circumstances. We love and cherish our own comfort and physical security. We have a tendency to believe what we see with our eyes and what our ears hear and what our own reason tells you, tells us. Of course, the passage we have here, exhortation, believe the Lord. Don't focus your attention on the troubles before you. Believe God when he tells you how to think and how to feel. Believe him when he tells you what your situation really is. Let the prophets explain to you where you've gone astray and ask them where the good and ancient path is. Next is that the prophets exhort. Besides exposing sin, hypocrisy, and self-deception and explaining where we err, the prophets also provide us with powerful exhortations to a faithful response to their word. They don't just expose and criticize uh, just to uh, point out flaws or demonstrate that they uh, are uh, better than us or have a greater understanding. They do it so that they may then provide powerful remedies to our sin. They exhort us to put away our sin, to put away our idols, Put away your self-deception and deal faithfully with your soul and your fellow man. One form of remedy that they provide is the exhortation of the dreadful reminder that one day, no matter how careful you are, your sins will find you out. No man is so careful and carries his sin so secretly before the watching world that he will escape the day when all will be revealed. If you cannot bear to have your sin exposed by the words of the prophets so that you may turn from them, think then how you will fare when they're exposed before men and angels at the judgment seat of Christ. This is a powerful exhortation. Don't fear hardship. Don't fear what men think or even the embarrassment of repentance. Fear God. Yet another remedy they provide the exhortation to repentance. Don't just wallow there in your sin. Go to the Lord and confess it all before him. Don't make the sin of your unbelief worse. Start repentance anew by showing that you believe that God is just and merciful to forgive. It's never too late to throw yourself on the tender mercies of God. That, of course, is what our passage is uh, tonight. Israel and Judah have to throw themselves in the care of the Lord or they will be destroyed. It's been exposed that they had not been believing in the Lord or trusting in him or listening to his prophets. So we come to our last point. It's that the prophets encourage Our passage gives the great comfort and encouragement that belief in the Lord your God will establish you and you will have success. Belief in the Lord will establish you on the path of everlasting life and listening to his prophets will grant success 
and overcoming the sin and spiritual powers that desire your damnation. The consistent message of the prophets is that although we are rebellious children who do not know our Father's voice, the Lord has never turned away any penitent sinner. He never deals harshly with those who confess their folly, but welcomes them. He washes them of their sin and clothes them in perfect righteousness. He puts his spirit in them and gives them a new heart and a renewed mind. He adopts them in as his child and makes them co-heirs of an everlasting kingdom with Christ. Weak, foolish, sinful, poor, he welcomes them all. He's not concerned about your present difficulties as if they made you too far for his grace to reach. And it's no obstacle to your peace with Christ that you have nothing to your credit to bring before him. He's not interested in anything you might bring. He can't be bought or bribed. He just wants you and your heartfelt obedience and worship. So, dear saints, in closing, believe the prophet's whom the Lord has sent to his people throughout the ages, and listen to them. Do not keep their words from finding a place in your heart by over-contextualizing the message. Understand them in their context, and listen to their message in your own life. Let Samuel ask you if the Lord has as much delight in your dealing with him on whatever terms you please as he does in your obedience. Let him remind you that that sin you keep excusing away is as witchcraft and idolatry to the Lord. Let Jeremiah expose the vanity of our tendency to go about our own business on Monday through Saturday and then say, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord on Sunday. Let him inquire of you if you're dealing lightly with the issue of your sin. If your heart is telling you peace, peace when there is no peace. Believe him when he tells you that your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful beyond your wildest imagination. Let, let Elijah exhort you, how long will you limp on between two opinions? If the Lord is God, serve him. Or I say as exhortation, why will you still be struck down? Why will you rebel? Go and reason together with the Lord. He will wash you white as snow. Let Micah tell it that the Lord is a God with mercy beyond all knowing. He will not remain angry forever, but delights in steadfast love and will have compassion with his people. Believe in the Lord your God and believe his prophets and believe that they are talking to you. If you listen to the word of the Lord and are careful to obey it, if you so treasure Christ that you put him before anything else that you face, then he will establish you in eternal life and clothe you in righteousness and make you more than a conqueror over anything which this world has to throw at you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your servants, the prophets. We thank you for their ministry to us. We thank you that although they were often handed over to 
to death at the hands of your people, their ministry is ongoing, and that though they have died, they still speak to us. And we pray that you would make us to cherish their ministry and their words, that we would not hate their revealing our sin uh, to us as your people of old did, that we would listen to their explanations of uh, what exactly is wrong with us, that we would heed their exhortations to turn from our wicked ways and to, to embrace you as our loving Father, and that we would receive the supreme encouragement from them of forgiveness in Christ and of the kingdom to, and the life to come. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.